Welcome to episode one with Michael and Eric, the podcast where we watch the first episode of a streaming exclusive show and talk about it. I'm Michael. And I'm Eric. And this week we watched My Dad the Bounty Hunter on Netflix. Netflix Schmetflix. Where we're trying. If I didn't before, I'm proposing to do so now that we've got to put a moratorium on doing kids shows on this podcast. What was the last one we did? It's been a while. Yeah. I, and, and agreed. And when you picked this, I assumed that like the moratorium is like, I, if it's just a kid show and there's no other poll, like we can't do it because I, it's, I got nothing to say about this show. This that show. isn't just punching down on a kid show that wasn't trying to do anything other than, entertain stupid kids and i think that it's for that pretty good but i picked this because 28 minutes long it was number eight on the thing i never heard of heard of it it was a hundred it's a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes i didn't realize that rotten tomatoes let kids be certified reviewers (laughs) and we can't even get that can't also i haven't tried in a while so (laughs) and i thought maybe Maybe it might be good. Who knows? Maybe it'll be an entertaining watch. What'd you think? Was it an entertaining watch? No, I was bored shitless through all of it. Like I said, it was 28 minutes. And, and it wasn't even that. <laughs> and uh, at minute 11, I was like, how much is left on this? Oh, fuck. But the flip side of that is at 22 minutes when suddenly it was like, this season on My Dad the Bounty Hunter, I said, sweet, I'm out and X'd out, I'm done. Do you want to tell everybody what this is about? It's about My Dad the Bounty Hunter. The space bounty hunter. He's a space bounty hunter. <laughs> it's not like Dog the Bounty Hunter. It is a space, it's like Boba Fett, but. With kids. With kids. Yeah. I was going to say, but less entertaining, but I never watched that Boba Fett show, so maybe equally as entertaining. (laughs) So it's a family on Earth, Mm -hmm. two kids, two youngish kids, probably eight-ish. I was thinking like six and ten. Six and ten? Yeah. Okay, so eight-ish. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) They're parents are separated their father has an apartment he seems like kind of a a flaky dad he's always not around for the kids and then surprise he's a space bounty hunter yep they had no idea at least the kids i don't know if the mom has knows what's going on but there's a line at the end of the movie after they sneak onto his uh spaceship uh, where he's like, your mom's going to kill me, which made me think, does his mom, does, does their mom know? If all it took was two seconds of not paying attention and some sort of crappy parenting for the kids to find out, the mom definitely found out. But it does, like the whole show sets up a weird universe where they, there's clearly a lot going on out in space. Like it's all, it's got its whole whole universe and, and shit going on out there quite literally um and this guy is seems adept enough at it because the opening sequence was him bounty hunting someone 
Mm-hmm. Space bounty hunting. Space bounty hunting, yes. Thank you for the distinction. It's important. But the kids were awfully surprised that they were in a spaceship. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to explain this. It seems weird that there's this very uh, expansive world that this guy is knows all about, is really adept at, but isn't something like, is this a far flung future where we, anybody can go out into outer space? And if not, how did this guy figure out that he could go into outer space and become a space bounty hunter? My impression was that this guy is one, maybe the only person or one of the only people on the planet that knows about these space aliens. What How gave, he got roped into it is a mystery. What to gave me. you that impression? What gave me that impression is that the stuff set on Earth was so grounded and set on Earth. It did not it did not give me the impression that anybody like the common knowledge was oh, we need space bounty hunters. It gave me the impression like, okay, this guy somehow got roped up into space bounty hunting. Is there like a go- government, secret government X-Files agency or something like that? that you know, that's the angle I think it is. And I think we're not getting that angle early on because we're seeing this from the kid's perspective. But us talking about it just now made me realize that I'd, I clearly don't want this kid's show. But it could have been an interesting, more adult show, shit, even a teen show or whatever to show how this guy, you know what I mean? To get more of his backstory. I don't give a shit about these kids. Yeah. Okay. You know the movie Flight of the Navigator? I'm aware of it. I don't think I've seen it, though. You've never seen it? No. Oh, it was one of my favorites when I was a kid. But it could be something like that. Having not seen it, I'm going to need you to elaborate a little bit, Michael. I think if I remember correctly, I don't know if I've seen it since I was a kid. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen it either. <laughs> but if I remember, but there was a flight and a navigator. <laughs> it was a spaceship like crashes and downloads all of its stuff into a kid's brain type of deal. Okay, Sarah could, Jessica I, Parker is in it. Okay, I mean, yeah, you're right. It could be that. <laughs> I'm gonna look up the plot of Flight of the Navigator. Okay. 12-year-old David Freeman walks through the woods to pick up his 8-year-old brother Jeff from a friend's house when he falls... Oh, yeah. He falls into a ravine and is knocked unconscious. When he comes to... When he comes to, eight years have passed and it's now 1986. He has not aged and his appearance exactly matches his missed child poster. Yeah, so he gets abducted and gets all the stuff downloaded and then he gets returned. I'm looking through my notes. Um... The opening sequence after the credit sequence or like when we first in, are introduced to the kids, it's the main kid, Sean, right? Yes. Playing video games with some kids online. Yeah. And going to all the trouble of they're playing some online shooter and he's built this elaborate backstory for himself, even though he ends up dying in 30 seconds or whatever. So he's setting up as a character that clearly loves an intricate backstory and like all this sort of stuff, which makes it kind of ironic that this show gave no backstory on this guy as a bounty hunter in its first episode. Right. Uh, Which makes me think that the kid is going to invent something really complicated and be like, oh, dad, is this what happened? And his dad's going to be like, no, I just answered uh, ad on indeed. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it's going to be. 
Monster.com. I, it, it turns out it was on the wrong Monster.com. I actually went to Space Monster. I went to Monster.biz, and it turns out that that's an entirely different thing. Monster.space. Uh, I want to go back to the opening sequence where he is bounty space bounty hunting. Yeah, yeah. You got to get it right. Yep. And he is. He tracks this guy down. The guy jumps through the window and starts running away. He crashes through the building. I don't know what bounty is worth that much property damage. I have never seen Doc the Bounty Hunter, but I bet he's not smashing up bars while he's trying to find bounties. All right, maybe he is. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) About that. (laughs) And then he's got a jetpack and he's flying after the guy. And the guy's running, and then he lands 50 yards from the guy and then starts running after him. And I was like, you got a jetpack. You were just using it. That whole sequence was a masterclass in there's no way this guy can have been doing this very long because of that. Uh, Also, he's chasing after a guy who's made of liquid. Um, He's a liquid-based life form or whatever. He shoots him in the head for whatever reason. Even though he probably knew this guy was made of liquid because it did nothing to him. It just created a hole that filled back in, as you would expect. Yeah, do some research. And then he has the thought, oh, liquid, and then freezes him, shatters him, and then uses a Pokeball looking thing to capture him. Why couldn't he? Why did he have to be liquid to freeze him, shatter him, and then Pokeball him? Just throw a Pokeball at him. Yeah, just fucking throw the thing at him. I do not disagree. Uh, Fly faster at him with your jetpack. Yep. And throw your Pokeball at him. You got a thing that shrinks him down and puts him in a little canister. Or whatever it is. Yeah. Just do that thing. Just do the thing. Maybe it's like Ghostbusters where they need, you know, they've got the the power packs and they're just using the power packs to stabilize the ghosts. But what's really capturing the ghost is the the proton pack or, or whatever it was called. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he can't just throw the thing at him. He needs them to be still or something. Yeah, almost like he could have just frozen him. Yeah. And not chased after the dude. And why, like, who cares if he's made of liquid or not? Just freeze him and then do the thing. Yeah, he was also for... Yes. And for as as little research as he seemed to do around that, he was sure confident he was not going to kill the thing. Right, and that's the other thing I'm thinking is... If he has the Pokeball, did he really need to shatter the guy? Right. That kind of felt like a dick move at that point. <laughs> maybe maybe the thing only captures uh, targets that have been frozen and shattered. And if that's true, it, all of this just points back to just do the fucking thing then. Yeah. If, either what he did is killed the guy, which we don't know. I'm assuming he didn't. We saw that guy's eyeball moving around when he was yeah. shattered into pieces. I was under the impression that he was alive. Same. But that's the only alternative. Either you shattered him and that didn't kill him. In which case, you should have done that immediately. Or you shattered him and the re- hmm. Either that or the reason you didn't freeze him in the first place is you didn't want to like accidentally shatter him and hurt him. In which case, why shatter him after you've done... You know what I mean? Like, none of it makes any fucking lick of sense. You know what I would do if I were one of these bounty hunters? Space bounty hunters. <laughs> you know what I would do if I were one of these space bounty hunters? 
since I got this little capsule that'll just suck people right up, but they got to be like still at least maybe frozen and shattered. But if it was just like they got to be stained and still, I would just like put one of those capsules in the sh- their shower head or in their bedroom in their bed. Yeah. Above their bed. Just like beam them right up. Yep. Out of bed like a space alien. All of that he does wrong, but he seems to be well regarded as a bounty hunter because a vampire tries to <laughs> try, tries to hire him. A vampire voiced by Jim Rash. Oh, the dean? Yeah. Yeah. Clearly a vampire, right? I don't think he's a vampire. I think he's a space vampire. <laughs> You're right. He's a space vampire. That isn't what I actually thought. I don't know what I actually thought. I didn't get vampire vibe from him. I did get uh, alien in a human mask vibes from him. I'll look it up. Are you going to watch more of this? No, not at all. All right. Here comes some spoilers. Well, keep in mind now you've got two. The the reason it's number eight is because the second season just came out. So you've got two seasons to sort through and figure out if he is a space vampire or not. Space vampire? Check out just the episode title. See if any of them are titled Space Vampire. <laughs> did you notice while I'm looking this up, they did the title card for it and it said My Dad the Bounty Hunter, but they had my on a post-it note slapped up above Dad the Bounty Hunter, <laughs> which was a like a, a style choice, but a weird one because like he could have said slap like the post-it saying my dad the bounty hunter or you know what i mean right my was the thing that needed to be tacked on at the end weird all right recurring oh yvette nicole brown plays the robotic assistant on the ship hmm. okay how many other the right the community people are on this jim rash as Fixer, he is the enforcer for the Endless Horizons conglomerate. At the end of season one, he was killed by Terry's family and told them that the conglomerate will get them. Why did they kill him? I don't know. I'm guessing because he's a space vampire. I'm going an episode back. Uh, upon arriving home, the children learned that Tess, their mother, knew of Terry's bounty hunter job all along. And that their mom... Okay, here we go. I was going to say, read the rest. Yep. <laughs> And that their mom is an alien whom their father met during a bounty hunting job. Does that mean they're all half, they're both half alien? Yeah. Shit, now I gotta check out season two. They not, they need to escape to Witch Mountain. I'm going straight to the end of season two. Yeah, I can't follow any of this. (laughs) It's just a bunch of names like Bachala and Pam. I don't know who Pam is. I might be in. I might watch more. Oh, back to him um, playing the video game with the kids. Yeah. And him, he was trying to blame lag, mm-hmm. uh, which reminds me of my Rocket League days when I would keep fucking up and just keep typing in, sorry, everybody lag. And then everybody, everybody else, or inevitably somebody would be like, I'm looking at your ping. Yeah, I can time. see your ping, dude. It's <laughs> All right. What else you got in your notes? Dude, my notes are not extensive, and it's clear that I just stopped writing them at some point, because the last thing I wrote was about that ringworm thing that they were flying away from in the spaceship that wanted to fuck their ship. 
that was weird when he was like uh when the computer's like oh no i think it wants to mate with us and one of the kids is like what does that look like i was like i don't yeah yeah these kids are too young too young it feels like uh, a kid show that's trying to thread that needle i don't even think it's particularly hard to thread that needle of like a pixar movie or you know shrek movies and shit like that where there's little things that adults can be like ha, but that will fly right over the head of the kids that one was just i think that worm wants to fuck our ship right (laughs) that's hardly subtle my dude i'm pretty sure that that was the end of the episode too was they like capture the thing uh he takes up the lever and he cranks it and I'm not quite sure what the lever does. And so the robot on the spaceship goes full power after he does it just to let us know. Yeah. Also, the ship goes really fast and there's like go fast lines that are coming at the screen. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. This show is nothing if not um, very unsubtle. Okay. Do you want to write an episode two? I think we have to. Um the thought that I had was to do something similar to what we did a few weeks ago where I looked up the title name of the next episode and let that guide us. Oh yeah. We did that for the, um, hack my house. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Spoiler alert. I've looked at the title of the second episode. It will not be of help. What is it? Hold on. I got to pull it back up because it's some nonsense. Nonsense. Bucky Quantos. Oh, okay. Bucky Quantos. So here's the second episode. We're just doing brief descriptions of them, right? Sure. Okay. Second episode. He's got to take his kids home first, but he realizes that they haven't eaten yet. So he pulls over to a space fast food restaurant called Bucky Quantos. And the whole episode is him trying to get them out of the play place that's inside of it. And, you know, there's, like, crazy adventures and stuff like that. You're not far off in the first half. Terry brings Lisa and Sean with him to Bucky Quantos, his favorite restaurant in the galaxy. Oh! Um, Said to have legendary wings. (laughs) There's no play place, though, that I saw. Um, Yeah, there's going to be some hijinks. I like the play place better than whatever is going on here. Yeah, because it could be, like, an alien weird play place. Yeah, just weird things that human children have no business being a part of like ringworms that want to fuck a ship exactly all right now here's yours third episode pit stop uh after they're done at bucky quantos the kids the the dad being a true dad was like all right before we go we're gonna be on on the space road for a while do either of you have to go to the bathroom (laughs) no dad we're fine and then they take off and like 10 minutes 10 minutes gone we're not sorry not 10 minutes gone 10 parsecs gone wouldn't you know it sean's got to go to the bathroom oh boy he's got to figure out that space toilet he's got to figure out the space urinal what are the seashells for what are the seashells for what are all these buttons and the tentacles that come out like yeah and then also there's that ringworm in the bathroom that wants to fuck their ship All right, what's the next one? God damn it. The next one is just Polga. Polga is his boss. Okay. Oh, no. yeah, no. Polga's just his lean boss. in. Yeah, we're going. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he has to stop in to give a report. And so they all meet Polga. 
and then he has to rush his rush out and polga is very put upon and has to watch these children and she's not a, a human she doesn't know how to watch human children right yeah also i need to correct myself space boss yes clear yeah. clearly Thank you. All right. I was getting a little tired of correcting you, so I kind of let that one slide, but I appreciate <laughs> the integrity with which we uh, run this show. Okay. Chilean Five. Not a planet. It's an asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> a really big asteroid. Almost as big as a planet, but not quite. And here's the thing, dude. It's just like super chill up to this point. This show has just been full of hijinks and he's bound. He's space bounty hunting and running into space problems and space monsters. But this asteroid, not a planet. It's just it gives off super chill vibes. And this is just a nice chill bottle episode. Cool. All right, I'll do the next one. What's the title of that? Yeah, no, I've already seen that one. I'm skipping that one. <laughs> oh, you don't want the gag? I thought you were setting Chil- up for Dude, a no, gag. I wasn't. <laughs> Chilean Five Part Two, Rise of the Chillas. <laughs> Things just get a little less chill, but they're still pretty chill. <laughs> but what are the chillas? The people that live there. Okay. They just like surfing. They just rise up on a, a on, wave. On, on a wave. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> sweet. What's the next one? Planet Fall. Planet Fall? Yeah, like autumn. Okay. Not like the planets falling out of the sky. Well, it's spelled F-A-L-L. Yeah, so would the other way. If, if I were saying it's falling out of the sky, it would also be spelled F-A-L-L. All right. Well, would Do you, you disagree? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> Planet Fall. So after all that chilling on Planet Chill, what was it called? Just Chillian 5. Yeah. All that chilling, wouldn't you know it, the kids are hungry again. Uh Uh-huh. And this time he's taking them to his second favorite restaurant, Planet Fall. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Which is a lot like Planet Hollywood, but instead of movie memorabilia, it's just like <laughs> tree, trees whose leaves are turning colors. <laughs> so and, like Rainforest Cafe, you know? Yeah. But just with fall trees. And also like little uh, looping animated gifs of like pratfalls and stuff. Okay. Yeah, sure. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Do you want to keep going? Yeah, we're going to keep going. There's uh, three... Uh, Three episodes left. All right. Episode eight. Bizarre ride. Okay. So by this time, they've been taking their time getting home, you know? Mm-hmm. Why not go to the amusement park? Mm-hmm. His favorite. Oh, I'm sorry. The amusement space park. Mm-hmm. I would have gone space amusement park, but to each his own. All right. Uh, I w- we'll have to watch the episode to find out what it really is. Yeah, we will for sure do that. Uh, man, do they have some bizarre rides like Space Tornado? Name three more. <laughs> space Bandit. Uh huh. Space Monster. Okay. 
Number nine, showdown. So I know that this is the penultimate episode, which leads me to believe that this is like a final showdown between him and whatever his bounty has been this whole time, which by the way, we've kind of lost sight of, but I'm fine with it. I'm moving There's a on. season two for that. Yeah. That's the season one is all for setting up the fun hijinks and shit like that. <laughs> season two is for the serious stuff. Um, no, instead, uh, as they're leaving the amusement park, what's their dad's name? Terry. Uh, he gets a call. He finds out he gets to be on the space price is right. <laughs> uh-huh. Which is just all about it's just a bunch of space games about space prices of things. And he does really well in it because he's been in space for so long. Uh and he ends up making his way all the way to the space showcase showdown. Alright. But he loses because we've got to have some drama. The end. He just right. he, he doesn't win. It, it, he was hoping to win because it was going to be this super cool new spaceship or whatever. But he went over by a dollar and means he loses. Episode okay. 10. The Bounty Hunters. Note the plural. Yeah. So. Now. He did so well on the space prices, right? For sure. Nailed it, even. They need to figure out how he did so well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they have to hunt him down. Yeah. Now it's... he's the bounty. Ooh. So the bounty hunters are after him. The bounty hunter becomes the bounty hunted. Yeah. The space bounty hunter becomes the space bounty hunted. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. Uh. So they do finally catch him and they start like torturing him and make him like tell them how he knew all these things. And then we see like little flashbacks into like his life in space and his uh, space bounty hunting and how they connect to him knowing the answers to all of the puzzles and the space prices, right? I call it space slum. Space dog, space millionaire. It's a little wordy, but I think we nailed this season, dude. Thanks, man. Really nailed it. All right. I got a Michael's musing before we wrap it up. All right. Fire away. Do, 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 do. Michael's musing. You know how people say back and forth? Mm-hmm. How come it's not forth and back? Don't you have to go forth? How can you come back first? You know what I'm saying? Which came first, the fourth or the back? It'd have to be the fourth. You can't come back first. You're right. We'll never know. <laughs> I'm just saying, people who say back and forth sound like idiots. You're right. For sure, they sound like idiots. I've got a second Michael's musing. Okay. This isn't as good. We just finished season two of Only Murders in the Building. How was it? 
That's good. I liked it. Have you not watched it? Oh, uh, yeah. okay. You know how parrots live for such a long time? Yeah. Is there just like one or two parrots getting passed around from owner to owner? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, how many people do you know that have a parrot? That was my other question. My mom had a parrot growing up and she hated the fucking thing. Why did she have a parrot then? She was a kid. Oh, got yeah. it. That was my other question. Like, how many people own parrots? I looked it up. It's like 0.3%. That's still thousands. Yeah. And I'm just saying, like, if you're going to own a parrot for 20, 10, 20 years at a time, just pass it around. Maybe that's what's happening. You could, like, There's just only 20,000 parrots out there. Yeah. You're way more engaged with this Michael's Museum than the last one. Yeah. Sometimes you go forth and back on these things. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I could feel you searching for the opportunity to throw that in there. I just, how do they reset the parrot for each new owner? I don't think they do. You're going to take a parrot that already says Polly want a cracker? Y- yeah. You think I want to spend the time? It's like if I'm going to, when when inevitably we get a new dog at some point, I we're going to get one that's already potty trained. We're not getting a puppy. Oh, so part of the joy of parrot ownership is not teaching it tricks? That's teaching it. I mean, it is teaching it new phrases, but the basics like Polly got a cracker and... Yeah, I, I couldn't come up with the second one. Uh, he, I, I don't want to teach it the basics. All right. Have you ever been in a household with a parrot? Lived in one? No. But like in, in a house? Yes. Yeah, visited one? Yeah. Me too. Just once. Uh, there was somebody, uh, that I, a friend of mine that I knew growing up that had one. Probably still does. Well, it was his parents. And, I, you know, who knows if they're still around. But they probably bequeathed that parrot to him or maybe not because i seem to remember that parrot occasionally saying some things that sounded a little racist that was the previous owners that that's okay okay all right uh you want to wrap it up sure i watched the second episode of something Oh, of Hijack. I watched the second episodes of hi- second episode of Hijack. How was it? It was okay. Idris Elba. You know what? You can just cut all this out. I don't think it's interesting. I just I remember I remember distinctly that I decided I was going to watch the second episode so that I could chime in with like, yeah, it got better or it got worse. But it stayed the same, which was eh, not particularly interesting. It was fine. All right, cool. Uh, it did make me think about something i meant to bring up during uh our recording for that is there's so many of these types of shows uh where like somebody's really good at like negotiating and that types of things why haven't these terrorists just started bringing a master negotiator on their crew to begin with oh i thought so somebody that would help like smooth things over with the people they're right like terrorizing with the people they're terrorizing and like when they inevitably get contacted for demands i want like the negotiator i want kevin spacey uh, well yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I think you've got a show idea there, and I've already got a name for it. What is it? The Counter Negotiator. Ooh. TM, TM, TM. Netflix, don't fucking bother. This one's ours. Got anything else? Nope. Thanks for listening to the Episode 1 Podcast with Michael and Eric. You should check out our website. It's episode1podcast.com, or you can... You can follow us on Twitter or threads or whatever the fuck. I haven't posted anything on there. So it's like following a corpse at this point, but you can. Yeah, just go to our website and comment on that. We're most responsive there. We will respond there. If not on that site, then in an episode. Yeah, and we'll probably question your humanity. One of us will. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. The other of us is still very appreciative that anybody even bothers to listen, let alone comment on our podcast. Robo listen. Yeah, for sure. Um, If you like the show, leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Boz D, thanks for the theme song, dude.